When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. I would be Bradshaw. That will be the WWE Hall of Famer, Oklahoma's favorite son, Mr. Gerald Briscoe. And we got a Texan on with us today. Southern hey. heavyweight champion, Southern world champion. He's wrestled all over the world. He's got to book out the last ride, Mr. Scott Casey. It's a pleasure to have you on, Scott. John, it's a, do you like to be called John or JBL or XYZ? I don't know. John's good. I've never been called XYZ. Mr. Briscoe's called me a lot, a lot of things I can't repeat. I know <laughs> that. Good. He's, an, he's a rotten bastard sometimes, but I he's love him. He's from Oklahoma. Hey, watch your, language, watch your language here, Tex. I'm not, folks, I'm surrounded by two Texans, so if the language gets a little blue here, it's not my fault. I try my best to control, make this a family show. But when you have two Texans together, their their language automatically goes to the gutter. So, uh, we got a guy on here today, Scott Casey, Cowboy Scott Casey, that I've known since uh, since his beginning of his career, and uh, and he, he was always one of those pretty lover boys, you know. But man, the guy when it come down to working, this guy could work, and he 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 got it. He got his wings out in the West Texas with the Fonks and and out there. But you know what? I'm not going to tell the story. I'm going to let him tell the story. Scott, kind of, kind of take us in before you, you, you grow up uh, years. You were an athlete. I don't know what kind of athlete you are. I think you were a hell of a football player from what I recall. And you, I you, was. You, and so tell us a little bit about your upbringing and what got you into that pro wrestling. Well, you know, it, it all started in Amarillo. I, actually, it started in a little town called Borger, Texas up in the northeast corner of Texas. And I used to, I would drive my dad nuts to go to the matches. And, you know, he'd break down every once in a while and would go. And I saw guys like Paul Bellagian lifting the horses. I saw uh, Haystacks Calhoun. Now, now what, what, what was that you saw? Who lifted what? 
I think his name was Paul Bellarjon. He it was either him or one of the, one of the Canadians that would lift a horse. Wow. He had had uh, a, a ladder, and he'd get up on the ladder, and then he had a brace on his back, and he picked the horse up, you know, and the people go nuts, you know. And I just I thought, man, I'd love to do that, you know. <laughs> And well, well, uh, I don't mean to cut you off, Scott, but Jerry, Jerry dated a horse in high school. <laughs> I can believe that. But <laughs> I won't even go. It was a bear, Dodd. It was a bear. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I mean, guys like that. And I remember seeing Dick Murdoch and a funny, funny story real quick about Dickie. Well, we're going to get I'm, playing great a lot of Dick Murdoch shows, but tell us, tell us just to warm us up on the Oh, this you'll laugh your ass off on this one. I mean, you know, the trees here in Arkansas are greener than green, and I was even greener than they were. And my first match was in the ring with Dick Murdoch, and we locked up, and he goes, "Big old warm, Greg." I said, "Me or you?" He he stood back for me. He said, <laughs> "Me, ignorance, me." <laughs> you know that sounds just like Murdoch. You know his his dad was a wrestler. He was, and Terry. And did, I, did, did, you, fact, did you know his dad, Scott? Did you know Murdoch's dad? No, no, I, Frank, I didn't. Frank, know Frankie him. Murdoch. Frank, I didn't. I heard of him. I think he passed away. Yeah, but, but uh, you know, uh, Dick was for a buggy whipped arms, pot belly. And six foot four, this man could beat the living hell out of anybody. And he knew how to start it, stop it, make it stand still, make it jump up and laugh. I mean, I admired the way Dick worked. And I and I got to the point where I was taught by Dick, Duke Myers, Terry Funk, Gordy Funk Jr., and Bobby Duncan. And wow. prior to all this, I did hair. I did women's hair, men's hair, and, and uh, Ray Stevens used to do promos saying, yeah, he plays with women's hair and all this stuff. And I thought, well, there goes my career. Anyway, so, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, I, I learned from the best. You know, so so you got your dad, so what? You got your dad to take you to the matches in Amarillo, I suppose. Yeah, finally. And, and then, that, how old were you at that time? I was probably about eight or nine, ten. Eight or nine. Like so that's that. when your love for professional wrestling first started growing. That, that's when you really. Oh yeah, really absolutely. That. So your first matches were in Amarillo. The Funk, the Funk family was there, of course. Was that before uh, Terry? Was that before Terry and uh, uh, Junior got into business and all Murdoch and all that? that no, they were too? they were already in the business. You know, Terry was. Let's see, Terry's 77, I'm 75. So he was in there a few years before I finally got started. I actually met Terry out at Buffalo, Buffalo Lake, which is outside of Amarillo. And he had blonde hair and he was kind of thin and he hadn't filled out yet. But uh, we, we talked a little bit. He still doesn't remember that because he's just, I'm sitting out here in the hallway and all the kids are there. Anyway, we got to be friends. And he asked me one time, he said, you want to stay in Amarillo? I said, not really. I said, it's flatter and piss on a platter. And he said, no. <laughs> he said, you're right. He said, well, would you like to wrestle? I, you know, I thought about it. I said, yeah, I think it'd be great. He said, well, build yourself up. Well, I went from 180 to 240. 
And I mean, I blew myself up like a toad, you know. There now, when you went the to 240, what, when you got up to 240, when, when you're an athlete at the time, you said you're 180. You're a big guy. You're a tall guy. And you got a great frame on it. Were you an athlete in high school? Did you play football? Yeah, I played football in high school. I played in Pasco High School in Fort Worth. Then I came back and went to West Texas State and tore and that, up a knee. West Texas State, that's when you're, you're, you're with Frank Goodish, better known as Bruiser Brody, correct? Yeah. I sure miss Frank. I mean, when I found out he died, I cried like a baby. Because I mean, he was not not in a fruitcake, or he thought he was. I tell us, tell, him, tell us a bit, a little bit about his college days. How, how was he crazy? That I, because I know he had been asked to leave Iowa State University yeah, for for reasons that we won't discuss on this So he probably he wanted to rub somebody's ass, you know. Yeah, I mean, he, well, that is that. Uh, that's actually how it happened. He ended up in, in West uh, West Texas with all the outlaws. That he, yeah, he went. Uh, I think he went to the Redskins for a while too. No, that was after West Texas. Though. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, he was he was always crazy. I mean, he thought he was. He acted like it. But he and I were the same age. And he used to tell me things, and he'd scream and holler. I said, "Shut the fuck up, Frank! You're not impressing me a bit." And that got all that got over with him, and he appreciated my honesty. And I'm surprised he didn't kick the shit out of me, but he didn't, you know. But I mean, what up? He called me up in the middle of the night. Scott, come on, we're gonna go do legs. Three in the morning, we're in the gym doing legs, and I'm going, "My God, this man's insane!" But it, you know, it paid off in the long run. It's just like. I remember somebody said, Scott, you'll never be big enough, you'll never be tall enough, never be this or that and this and that. And I thought, you son of a bitches. And whenever I walked through the curtains at Madison Square Garden to wrestle the Tonga kid, I said, now you doubt son of a bitches. I said, who's having the last laugh? And, you know, I'm one of these guys, don't tell me no. Brain surgery, give me the fucking scalpel and stand back and I'll see <laughs> if I can do it. You know, I mean, I just, I'm not going to be the patient. So anyway, let's try. take take us a Frank Goodish of West Texas State here. And you're playing football. You had a you had a knee injury and that right. cut your career short. And that that that's the time that you wanted to to actually roll into professional wrestling, right? Right. Frank I, had uh, that Frank had Frank had the bug bitten Frank yet about wrestling, or was he still in the football wanting to play pro football? He was quite he was quite a guy. You know, he was a journalist. Believe it or not, he, uh, and he, he, I don't know, he worked for the newspapers and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, he actually had a job for the Dallas, what is that, Dallas Herald. Dallas Morning News. Dallas Morning News is writing articles, sports articles for the Dallas uh, News when he actually got into the business. So. But okay, okay. Scott, wow. There we go. I, I'm here. I know you're here. But we lost you for a second. That pretty oh, face here. I was trying to be nice and listen to you. That's all. <laughs> we lost your picture. Can you? Uh, or can you do it again? Well, let me see if I can find it. Uh, I got to go to the car because the battery is going low on that thing. Hold on. You got me on my charge your phone up, Scott. I did charge the son of a bitch up, but it, you know I've been talking to you and. Gibbly gambling, you know. <laughs> you were gibbly gambling. <laughs> yeah, that's my own special word. Oh, I'm glad. That's. I'm glad you shared that with us, Scott. <laughs> okay, so, well, I appreciate it, Jerry. You yeah. and Jack.
were one of the, my two favorite best guys that I ever worked with and enjoyed being around. Y'all are always happy, made me happy. Well, we're happy anyway. people, man. Uh, we were around good people, and being around you, Scott, made us smile and made us want to be good. Man. You know, that's the nicest thing. That's the nicest you have ever been to me. You always were giving me a bad time. I appreciate that. Well, he uh, does he the same you. thing to me. He does the no, exact no. damn thing, same thing to me. He's mean. He's you know, a bitch. Well, uh, if you look like that, you'd be mean too, you know. But I'm like, that's, <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. You know that. Here. I'm not teasing. Hold on. Let me get this guy. There, there you are. Phone. There you are, John Casey. All right. Hold on. Hey, put that phone on a dashboard so you don't have to hold it for another 35 minutes. Well, I can't talk because I can't use my hands. You know. Well, you can use your hands. You don't have to swing the phone around with it. Are you talking? All right, John. Um, There's a... This meeting is being recorded for... Okay. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, we lost you again. <laughs> Scott. You have you texted or something, I tell you. Okay, there you are. Yeah, but where are you? Face. We don't see your face. We don't see you. Well, I'm I'm pushing everything but my dick trying to get the right thing here to work. John, you know, that's old farts. <laughs> yeah, he worked for whatever week. <laughs> Yeah, but this one's from Oklahoma and knows what the heck he's doing. So. I got y'all, I got your pictures. Yeah, but we don't know. have yours. We don't what use I, that little camera down on the side there with the slash red slash mark to it, and that at the side like this, if you don't know. I'm trying to it. find it, Jerry. If you, if you touch the screen, the emoji should show up at the bottom. There should be a camera with a line through it. That's what you hit. John, he don't know what emoji. Wait, wait, so you're on there for a second. You did it. There, there you, you are. Okay. Look yeah, at you, Scott. All right, Jerry, do I send you the bill for my gas? I've been wasting it all around here. Yeah, uh, no, sir, I, since, Huh? Scott, yeah, you can uh, send it to Scott, me. All joking aside, send send Jerry a bill like for your car, for the gas, and for like, for like a meal and several other things. Just like put it all on a bill, itemize it, and just send it to Jerry. He'll send you like a lot of money. He's right. I fucking starved to death before I got that. <laughs> I love you, Jerry. Watch, watch your language. I'm finding you forever cuss word. So by the time we get through with this, you'll owe me money. Okay, that's fine. He, he's been finding me forever. He makes me put a dollar in a jar every time. That's what I come up with. <laughs> oh my god, that's terrible. Yeah, it looks like you've been finding me for cursing because he's a dang okey. Looks like you've been taking money out of the jar too, John. <laughs> of course I have. <laughs> I don't blame you. Anyway, Scott, okay. where were we? We were talking about uh, Frank Brody, the Frank Goose, uh, uh, at West Texas State. And, uh, okay, you blew your knee out. Now, now you're you're romancing the funks to get a job, right, to, to start crossing. Yeah. And uh, I Hey, finally... I, I got a question before you get it. How easy was it to get into that West Texas State? How easy was it what? How easy what? academically was it to get in one of those Texas colleges like West Texas State? I mean, what do you have to do? Make an egg, make an egg. Well, both of you quit talking at the same time. 
I can't, I can't understand both of you getting excited. Just relax. You know, it'll be over in a minute. That's my, okay. answer. that's my, that's, I've been saying, thank you, Scott. I've been saying that for a year now. So, <laughs> so okay, take, take us to when, when you're started Jurassic. You, you're finished with West Texas State. Now, uh, now. Okay, now. I, I, my first match was with Dick Murdoch, right? Yeah. Now we're in the dressing room and the old man senior was in there and John, I don't know whether you ever knew senior or not, but he look at Terry, except a little shorter. He's just, as, he was just as crazy as, as his father was anywhere. Or, anyway, we're in the dressing room. He says, now he said, I want Dick, I want you to hard way, you know, and like an idiot, I sit there and oh, okay. Yeah. I know he's going to hit me. So he pulls back. I mean, we get in the ring. Murdoch just potatoes the shit out of my eye, and it's not going anywhere. It's not blooming up nothing. We get back in the dressing room, and the old man goes, "Yes, son of a bitch." Murdoch's looking at him like a little kid, and he says, "I told you I wanted you to get, you know, make his eye bloom up." He said like this. He pulls off his ring. Now picture this. I'm sitting. I'm standing here. Murdoch, Terry, and Lord Al Hayes are over here. He rears back to hit me, but instead he caroms off and hits Murdoch, just blew his up, <laughs> boom. And then he blew, hit Terry, and Murdoch got the message and he, he moved out of the way. I mean, he, oh, and I, I didn't think anything. I thought, I, I, I'm leaving the next weekend, I'm going to Florida. I ain't been anywhere east of, uh, I don't know, Tyler, Texas, you know, I mean, and, you know, and I'm going to go down to Florida. So I go down there with this big guy and I walk in there and Eddie, I mean, I, I mean, Eddie Graham, Duke Kiyomuka and uh, Hiro Matsuda. And they're talking to me and I said, oh, we see the old man got a hold of you. I said, well, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> Murdoch couldn't do his job. Uh, and they laughed their ass off at me. They thought I was so funny. You know, but, and then after that, I, for some reason, I always got whacked. I got whacked in the lip and split my lip. The same night, uh, uh, I'm having a brain fart. It's so much fun being old. You, you know, you're going along all of a sudden. It's like you step in a pothole, boop, boop, and you forget. But anyway, uh, it don't matter. What anyway, uh, Eddie Graham, God damn, I'm all right. Eddie got his lips split, and he said, "Come on, you can ride with me back." He said, "I like split lips." And uh, I mean, they were nuts. You know, these old timers, they didn't give a shit. You know, they because they knew eventually we were going to take their place anyway. And uh, it just, it was, what a ride. I mean, it really was, you know, I had a lot of fun. And uh, now, I Florida, Florida, was that where you first ran into my brother Jack? Because you knew Jack before you met me. Handsome Jack, yes. Now, I would always tell him that I could find a girl prettier than whatever he could. And son of a bitch always found one. He didn't do anything with him, but he just found one. And he'd <laughs> sit there and have a drink with him. And, uh, <laughs> I thought, well, okay, this is the way it's going to be. But I mean, I, I tell you, Jack and you were so nice to me. You really were. And 
Uh, wait a minute, you're, you're ruining my reputation. You're saying I'm nice to somebody, Scott. Well, you were, hell. I was young, you I was I young then. <laughs> you remember when you and I danced in Lubbock, Texas together? No, tell, tell me that story. <laughs> I, 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 was, I think I was in on somebody Texas boots. Yeah, we, were, we were hot out on there for a while, John. <laughs> there you go. But we had a lot of fun, you know. Wait a but minute, I, I, wait I, a minute. You, you got you to gotta <laughs> talk about this. What about you dancing with Jerry? I don't remember if I put him over, he put me over, or we went through 30 minutes. I'm not real sure. I know it, had, it was an easy match, you know, because I told him I'd, I'd leave the ring. He could wrestle himself. He hurt me. He started laughing. I think you were champion. I think you were Western States champion. So, of course, I had to do the honors. Well, yeah, somebody had to do it. Well, I did because you were Western States champion. Who, who do you, you took that belt from uh, from uh, Brody, didn't you? How, how did that come up? Oh, yes. You, you won't believe this story. Brody was going to go to Japan. So they wanted him to drop the belt to either one of the Funks, Ricky Romero, or Dick Murdoch. He said, no. I said, what? He said, no, I'm not dropping it to you guys. He said, I don't like any of you. He looked at me, he said, I want Scott to have it. Now, yeah, I'm sitting there going, die, die. boy, I'm going to get my ass kicked. He said, no. He said, I want you to have it. We go to Corpus Christi. He said, I want you to beat me right in the middle with a sunset flip. Uh, who the fuck's going to believe him? But that's what he wanted, and that's what I beat him, and I took the belt, and then I went back and wrestled you. But uh, I mean, it was just, oh, I got to tell you this real quick. We're leaving the, the Corpus Christi, and there was a huge thunderstorm there. Terrific. We go out to the parking lot, and we see these lights shooting off up into the air. The, honest to God, guys, this is the this is the truth. Well, the, this Thank is you. the story that we've been waiting for. Can, uh, this is the Wahoo story. No, no. Shut up. This is okay. I'm shut up. I'm sorry. All right. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, riding, I'm riding with Wahoo and me, Mill Maskers and Tom Jones. We're coming now down from San Antonio down to Corpus. There's mile markers. 164, 165, so on. And there's so nothing out in that area. Either. No, nothing but, but pissing water. But anyway, we get out there, and uh, are you drinking beer over there? I hope so. No, I wish but, I was. I'm drinking a monster. <laughs> Shit. Anyway, were. <laughs> I wish I was. Anyway, we, we, we both been sober, Scott, for the whole year now. You're going to drive us to break today. That's right. <laughs> well, I tell you what, if we get together, I'll get you drunk. Tell you more. And, and, and you, you, by the way, you beat Stan Hansen's record, too. What? Say that again? No, I, 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 you beat Stan Hansen's record on trying to get on the air. So. <laughs> Somebody so got anyway, uh, 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 anyway uh, Scott, let me tell you. No, no, John, uh, John's got to set this story up here. So. Let John set it up and he's going to tell it to you. Well, this this is a story you driving and seeing something that's quite extraordinary, right? I mean, you're this is a once in a lifetime as, adventure. As God is my savior, it was a UFO, and I don't remember the the mile marker. The we mile came marker. over this hill. Now listen, this thing is hovering <laughs> over over the ground. Mascaris is talking Spanish. Tom Jones, oh lord, oh lord, oh god, oh lord. 
Wahoo says, I think I'll stop and see if we can book them on the next show. I said, if you get your fat ass out of the car, I said, I'll leave you. <clears throat> he started laughing. Gentlemen, it was hovering over the ground and these lights were shooting around like this, shooting around it. And I swear, uh, and I, I talked to Masqueris the first time in years. I saw him at uh, the gathering in Charlotte. And I said, do you remember? He said, the UFO. I remember it very well, my friend. And I went, oh, fuck. I mean, I, I, I almost shit myself. I, I, you know, especially when Wahoo said he wanted to get out and book him on the next show. <laughs> oh, God. But anyway. Well, so was, what happened to the, what happened to the spaceship? I don't know. Maybe it went to a 7-Eleven. I fucking don't know. All I know is that we got the hell out of there. I was not about to sit there and let something come out there and zap It did, it did go. It did hover along the road there with you or just, what, what did you stop? Did you stop? You didn't stop the car and let Wahoo out. We, we slowed down and I said, Wahoo, if you stop this car and get out, I'm going to Leave your fat ass, and that's exactly. And I was scared to death of him. I afraid he'd kill me when I said well, that. Well, you know, you could have done the world a favor at that time and stopped the car and let Wahoo get in that damn spaceship. We would, we would, if Wahoo would have got in there, those aliens would have surrendered in no time at all because he would have chopped every one of them to, to Hades. Oh, anyway, but we we left and we came back uh, the next week. You know, it was a weekly thing. We came what's back. The, what the, the UFO was the weekly thing? It was no, it was gone. It was gone. <laughs> it you was know, done. That I, was it. And I'm telling you, that was the scariest I've ever been in my life. I thought, if that door starts sliding open, I'm I'm running in the hills or something. I'm gonna get away from it. It was. So they must have done one of those little scams. Uh, there's no intelligent life for this automobile. If you ever see Masters, you can ask him. Now Tom Jones is dead. Masters, uh, uh alive, and I'm alive, and Wahoo is is dead. So there's only but, two of you left that can verify this. Right. Absolutely. Maybe, the maybe there, maybe there's something to that. Uh, I know, I well, Maskus, you know, he's he's not known to be a big bullshitter. He tell you the way. No, he's was. not. No. no, he's a good guy. So what All did right. it look like? Was it, it was, a saucer? It was kind of like saucer, but it it looked kind of long. And the, on the outside, they they had lights going around like this, and. What color were the lights? Different colors, red, green, orange, blue, purple, you name it. They they were, I, I thought, somebody's pulling a rib on us. But was, no. was, it, was it solid? Was there any noise to the thing? Was there any what? Noise, did you hear anything? <laughs> I, if, if we did, it, it was behind me because I was behind yeah, yeah. So you were, you were the fastest of the two people. Absolutely. So right, you out, no way. So you outran huh? you outran a UFO on a on a West Texas uh, desert road. Don't give me that bullshit. No, we were still in the car. You no, I, I, I know, but your car outran a UFO, Scott. Follow me here. It's difficult. I know you're from Texas, but follow me. John, how do you put up with this bullshit? That's what I, <laughs> I have no idea, and I've done it for thirty years. <laughs> wow. Oh, he hired yeah. me, Scott. <laughs> He yeah. hired me at WWE, and ever since then, I've had to put up with it. 
I'm glad that a UFO didn't land in Oklahoma. Oh, well, shit. They'd have been selling hot dogs for a dollar apiece. <laughs> uh, we got a curio shop that we would have been sold to all kinds of souvenirs. <laughs> we would we would have monetized that thing, Scott. <laughs> for you that don't know, because you're monetized means you make money off of it. <laughs> see, you see what I mean, Scott? That's what I got to put up with. Pitiful. Pitiful. <laughs> Jerry, I've got a picture of me and Jack, and I, I don't know if you're in it or not. We're in Japan with Moose Morawski. Remember Moose? I remember Moose, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but I just. So, what's that you have to do with the UFO, Scott? Nothing. I just, it just, when you get <laughs> so my. So, what age, happened just, with the UFO? Finish the story about the UFO. It left, and we left. You know, it, I, left, I it left before you guys did. Now, you wouldn't let Wahoo out. Did You must have slowed down when you saw it. We did slow down. He no, slowed you down. Slowed he down. was driving. Yeah, Wahoo he was, was driving. driving. Wahoo was driving. It was his Cadillac. But I told him, I said, if you if you stop and get out, I'm leaving your fat ass. And that's that, that was the truth. You know, I mean, hell, you know, none of us had any guns on us or anything like that. And uh, I didn't want to get killed or, you know, we might have been on Mars or Saturn or something by the time they got through with us. I don't know. Well, made it, made event, made event on, on Mars. I've been, I've been the first. Guy. Yeah. Anyway. Would you Wahoo, Wahoo, Wahoo would want you to put him over, I'm sure. <clears throat> Say what? Wahoo would have had... wanted you to put him over. If you had a gun, would you have shot one of the aliens? <laughs> if he'd have come at me, yeah. Hell yeah. Wouldn't well, you? Would you want some little green thing coming up on you? Grabbing your <laughs> testicles or whatever? I mean, how do you know probably... how do you know he was green? Ah, well, that's just what they call them all. They're green or gray or something like that. Now and, Wahoo, but Fox... Wahoo always carries a, a Wahoo was always armed. He didn't have he didn't he was probably in the truck, thank goodness. He had a shotgun in the trunk. Now, that's another story I can tell you about. Well, that tell us. Funny. Tell yeah. us. Tell us Wahoo and the shotgun. Wahoo and I were coming back from Del Rio, Texas, to San Antonio, and we, we he stops. He sees there's a deer there. We can get some backstrap. I didn't know what the hell backstrap was. <laughs> he said, but it's really good. You know, I didn't ever hunt or anything like that. And blam, he he. He had the shotgun. He pulled it, stopped, pulled over, blew him, shot the deer. He's laying on the ground. He said, he never called me Scott or Casey. It was always motherfucker. And I don't know why. <laughs> and it used to piss me off. But I'm not going to tell some big crazy Indian that you can't call me anything. So anyway, he said, grab the grab the uh, deer and put him in the trunk. I said, you grab your fucking deer and put him in the trunk. He said, there's blood all over it. Well, he's dead, isn't he? I said, I don't know. Wahoo goes back there, grabs the deer. The thing starts reacting, and he gets, he looks like he was in a knife fight, and the only one didn't have a knife. Honestly, God, there was blood all over him from head to toe. <laughs> I said, that's why I did. He said, drive, motherfucker. All right, I drove him. So it was, it was always a fun, something funny going on with him. How was the backstrap? Delicious. <laughs> so you found out what backstrap was. For, for yeah, the meat on the spine and all that crap, you know, and made deer chili and all that. Oh, Lord of mercy, it was good. 
Wahoo, yeah. Wahoo knew how to dress a deer and how to pick, pick, pick that venison chili. I mean, I've, I've, I've had that with Wahoo, and he, 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 could, he could prepare that very good. He was a man's man, I'll tell you that. So, Scotty, let, let's, let's move over to uh, Joe. Hey, hey Jerry, 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 wait, wait a minute. Did, did, Scott, did, did you tell the boys about the UFO? I told everybody about it. I even wrote it in my book. Yeah. What the boys say? Had they ever seen one? Some of them had. Some of them hadn't. And, and I, I just, it's the truth. I said, ask Masters. He'll tell you the same thing. He said, see? He said, it was, just, it was the truth. You know, and, it, and Tom Jones, until he died, he said the same thing. Which so of, which of the boys had seen a UFO? Terry. Uh, <laughs> not, no, not, not Terry. Terry Funk doesn't count. He's an alien. He's actually he actually is an alien. He, he, he was a product of that UFO. <laughs> I talk to Terry daily. Just daily? Let, yeah, just to let him know somebody cares, you know. And he, you know, he well, I'm just kind of hanging out like that. I said, Well, quit playing with your Peter and do something else. Oh, ho, 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 you're funny, you know. Last time I last time I talked to Terry, I wanted I told him I wanted to come and pick him up, and we we're going to run to Mexico like that, like that, like those guys. The one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Uh -huh. He he he. he uh, the next time I called him, his daughter said, "Would you quit Terry telling Terry that you're going to beat him out in the parking lot because he wants to go out in the parking lot?" <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad, you know. I mean. He's I always, I, you know, I just ask him how he's doing, what's going on, and he's been out, and he's got a friend named Ronnie Mankin that lives up there, and Ronnie always takes him out to eat, and uh, what was his name, um, Mankind, well, I, I can't think of his real name, Cactus, Cactus uh, Jack, yeah. Uh, yeah, but anyway, Mick Foley, would, Mick Foley, Mick Foley, yeah, Mick would, uh, went by there to get him and they he took him out to eat and stuff you know? and he appreciates the guys calling him. you get a chance give him a call He's i call him i call old... him i call him a lot like i said i, I was asked too. not to call him for a while <laughs> i was asking has anyone called you no and i talked to somebody yeah i just called him yesterday goofy bastard anyway but... <laughs> <That's terrible. laughs> well you know he's 77 He'll be 78, uh, June, June, July, no. somewhere around there. But uh, he's a good man. He really so, is. So that was your only experience with the UFO, Scott? Do what now? That was your only experience with the UFO? Nope. Uh, no, wait, wait a minute. You what? Had more encounters? Listen to me. I'm listening. You know where, you know where Paladera Canyon is? No, but that probably does. I know exactly 18. where it is. Okay. He, he, the, he, got, a, he the, got his first one there. <laughs> you remember the lighthouse? The big John, John lost his virginity there, Scott. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope so. He was twenty. He was twenty-four years old. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> See what I got to put up with, Scott? Yeah, I mean, it's pitiful, isn't it? It's awful. <laughs> He's got my word to Canyon now and UFO by Canyon, Texas. Anyway, I've been there. We get we he, a friend of mine, Andy McCullough, 
there in Amarillo. I don't even know if he's still around or dead or alive, whatever. But anyway, we climbed the lighthouse and we get up there. I said, can we get back down? He said, not tonight. You can't. We got to spend the night there. And we did cross ties with a rope and we slid under him so he wouldn't roll off the side. He's like four or 500 feet down from where we were. So we're laying there and you hear the cows mooing and birds chirping and whatever. All of a sudden, it, a red flash came right over us with this intense heat and went straight up. And the time I looked up, it was gone. And I said, Andy, what was that? He said, that, my friend, was a UFO. I said, you're shitting me. He said, no, that was the first time. And I, it was, I mean, the heat, it felt like, felt like it does now when it's hot. Uh, but I mean, except twice as hot. It was unbelievable. And I just, I said, let's get out of here. He said, we can't. <laughs> you know what shale rock is? It's rock that lays right. on top of each other. But you. You don't want to try to climb on it whenever you're in the dark because you could fall off and kill yourself. So we stayed up there, but the rest of the night there was no cows mooing, there was no birds chirping, nothing. And I mean, I I think I slept about two weeks looking around thinking maybe it'll come back. I don't didn't want to get carried off. So you stayed there anyway, two weeks? No, I said two winks. Oh, two winks. I said I didn't sleep for two winks. I was scared, you know, but outside of that, that's the only two times I ever saw it. But I'm surprised as much as we used to travel up and down the roads that uh, I haven't seen anymore. You know, back then it was riding with four guys, each of you are paying part of the trans and baloney blowouts and cold beer and whiskey and whatever. And I got to tell you a funny story with, Brute Bernard, uh, Sweet Hanson. Did you leave something in there? Yes, I did. Okay, hold on. I got to pull back. The old gal left her whatever in her medicine. All right. Is that the pharmacist that helped you get online here? No, no, no. That's my girl. Okay. That's my old girl. She's the same age as I am, too, 74. And now you're getting in trouble, Scott. I know that. What the fuck else? Where are you going? Where are you going, Scott? I I am going back up so she can get her medicine. She had that sometimes disease and she forgot it. No, oh, I didn't forget it. I just get dropped out of my purse. All right. <laughs> Hold on. See, when you get to be an old fart, you can have these problems too. No, I, I, I hope I get there, Scott. I hope I get as old as you. <laughs> You're as old as I am, you miserable prick. <laughs> Your wife is <laughs> well, now what are you doing? Picture again. I know, because everything went ass back. You know when you put the car in reverse? John, it shows you the rear view, so that's what, that's what happened. There you are. <laughs> yeah, that that was a better picture before, Scott. Shut up, Jerry. Goddamn <laughs> India. No. Do you okay. think maybe now, somehow you attract UFOs? Look at you, smart ass. I, oh, wait a minute. It, it was just my, 
that's a that's a logical question. You know, John has never he he's he's you know he's not quite up there with you and I, but he's got a few miles on him out in those West Texas roads and everything. And oh, he still got dark hair. Miserable prick. I hate him. Who? <laughs> what are you doing with him? You diet or is, how old are you now, John? Fifty-five. I got a little. I got, I got a little gray. Not much. No, I don't die. I don't die. It's that's my hair. <laughs> I use no, I I use Rogaine. I don't bear no hey, like that, John. Does it work? I, it wouldn't work on me. That's for damn sure. But I but I don't die. Okay, well that's all. So right. anyway, you, so you you you, story? you attract UFOs. That's you were there. You were sitting with two guys that put on millions and millions of miles, coast to coast, border to border. And worldwide, and never seen a UFO. And you, you've had the honor of uh, of witnessing two UFOs. You're quite. A, that's quite a remarkable as, feat, sir. As God is my witness, well, I believe you. I believe you. You never I lied you to me. Too. I just wondered if something about you attracted UFOs, maybe. My good looks. Well, forget that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did forget that a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, well. That's the way it went. I was pretty back then, though. Yeah, you're pretty okay, you're pretty boy. Take us, take us to Joe Blanchard and, and Tully, your your favorite uh, favorite guy there. So tell us a little bit about your matches. Tully was champion. Uh, Joe brought you in to, to win that title, right from from Tully. And you guys, I, then, then you went on, and we'll, we'll, I'll let you tell 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 me the story. We uh, they call me I. I I walked away from wrestling for about oh, two weeks, three weeks. And I get a call from Wahoo and from Joe. And they said, we'd like for you to come down and maybe help us out. We're trying to get Southwest wrestling off the ground. I said, okay, like an idiot. And I, they flew me down, put me up. I stayed at Wahoo's place and uh, well, the first time I get in the ring with Tully, I they it, he turned me babyface, or, or I turned babyface simply because that's what the people like. And away we went. I mean, we we did some hellacious business down there in, in uh, San Antonio. And Joe was just a really really nice man. I miss him terribly, and he always took good care of me. And uh, I get out of the ring anyway, and he goes, Scott, you're our new baby face. Tell her you're the heel. He said, good. Tell her, and tell her he was a prick at the time. I don't know. I heard different stories. I'm not going to say them. But I know that. Uh, what? No parking. I don't give a shit. No, She's telling me no parking. I'm sitting there. Do you think I care? If it's... You're a senior anyway, citizen. You can park anywhere you want to. You're absolutely right. I'm going to get over here. I'm gonna to try to get over here. Just tell them JBL told you to park anywhere you want to, and uh, you'll send JBL dollar bills to. <laughs> Hold on, let me. I can't walk and talk at the same time. We got the dog in there too. Yeah. This is their family out. trip, then, right? <laughs> you don't have any but, aliens in there, do you? Anyway, no. You're getting as bad as your cohort there. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I know. He, he's rubbing off on me, Scott. It's not my fault. I have anyway. I don't, what, when did you start up in uh, 
were you in the WWF or were you WWE when you were up there? Both. Uh, uh, Jer- Mr. Briscoe is the one that hired me back in de- uh, December of 1995. Wow. In, in WWF then. And then we went to, we lost a, a lawsuit to a panda and had to change our name to WWE. Yeah. Anyway, I'm trying to think how I wanted to put this. I went there and we started doing business. And Eddie Mansfield, you remember Eddie Mansfield, guys? Right, Eddie Mansfield, yeah. And, no, and Eddie, I, Eddie, Eddie was the hot baby face or heel? Was he was the hot face. heel and I was the baby face. And we did more fucking business than you can imagine. And, and uh, we did a you guys had a record. You guys had the record deal uh, for Freeman Coliseum after years and years, right? Yep, we did. There's something like, there was like, I don't know, five or 10,000 people that couldn't get in because they, they didn't have any room for them. And we just, and Eddie, I, once in a while I'll talk to him and he still says, they'll never meet, they'll never make a, another match like what we had. I what said, was the Eddie, match, what was the match over? Uh, what was the angle that got you guys so hot? Sorry. Well, we, we did a hair versus hair match. And, you know, they're not going to let the baby face get his hair cut, you know. Still talking, is that still a tripod radio? Yeah, I'm still talking on the radio these days. Just sit there and smoke your cigarette and give me hell. We'll stop somewhere and get you a beer. Okay, yeah. You get get these old broads, I swear to God, they just want to rule the world. You're going to get killed, Scott. Huh? You're going to get killed. Tell us the story about the hair bath. How did the hair bath come about? Well, Eddie called me everything but a lesbian on TV. Every time he turned around, he was just bad mouth me going on. And his tenacity and his thoroughness as far as being a baby face actually finally caught on. And he could not go anywhere. People were trying to whip his ass and everything else. And when I was in the Carolinas, I learned how to sell. I learned the art of selling. And uh, it, it stuck with whenever I got with Eddie. And he just, I mean, he just compounded it. Each time he was on TV, it was just over and over and over and over again. It was one of these things where, God damn, Scott, will you kill him before we do? And, and, we just, he finally got over and we, Joe came up with a hair versus hair match. Well, actually, it was probably Wahoo and uh, Tully. And it's so funny because they had Eddie and me over at Wahoo's house and said, All right, Scott, we're having a hair match and you're going to lose. And I went, Oh, shit. He started laughing and said, No. He said, Eddie's going to lose. Take your cap so, Take your cap I still well, lost. You did lose the match. Eddie, yeah. Eddie still got a full head of hair. What time it is? Yeah. It doesn't matter what time it is. I'm talking to these guys. <laughs> You're cut off with beer if you don't shut up. She's <laughs> <laughs> uh, giving me hell. Anyway, I mean, we, we could go on for hours on all this crap. I mean, we I had so many things. I've got, you got to... <laughs> You've got to, I've got to tell you the story 
about Wahoo and me and Tom Jones, and I think Masters was with us too. We we did our TV there in uh, San Antonio. It went on for 12 fucking hours. We never had a break. It was just, oh, crazy. So we get through, we go to Diamond Gems, a bar there, and they, they had this like nine foot white polar bear stuffed, and we'd sit there and drink, and Wahoo get drunk and say, I'm going to scalp the bear, you know, <laughs> crazy shit. Anyway, we were talking and carrying on, and all of a sudden, I look around, there's no Wahoo. And I thought, the motherfucker went off and left us. And Wahoo was, let me back, let me stop right here and say Wahoo was this kind of person. If a little bit's good, then a whole bunch has got to be great. It don't matter what the hell's going on, right? Right. So we go, we're sitting there, and we get a ride home. And here's Wahoo's black Cadillac with the Wahoo plate on it. And he's got the, the headlights are still on. The door's open. The front door of the place is open. And I'm going, oh, shit. wonder what happened. We go in the house. And I, I'm the first one in. And I step. And shut up, honey. She hates this story. Anyway, so <laughs> there's three phone piles of foam on the floor. And I reached down. And I went, ooh. There's shit under each one of them. Honest to God, folks, this is the truth. I wrote it in my book. If you'll buy the damn thing, you'll What's the name of your it. book? What's the name of your book? One Last Ride. One Last Tale Ride. Of Cowboys, Tale of Cowboy Scott Casey. Is it on Amazon? So, no. They take too much money. I just sell them from my place. From your place. Yeah. So how can they get that book, Scott? Well, they can go on... Uh, what was it, PayPal or, or uh, what is it, Room? Yeah. Something like that. And uh, or they can just uh, send me a check. For, <laughs> just send you a check. <laughs> yeah, for 40 bucks. And I've sold a ton of them. And people have all said they liked them, you know. But anyway, so we, we go in and we see two other f piles of foam. And I hear the shower running. So I thought, well, maybe he's in the shower. He might have shit himself. So I go in there, his boots are in the shower, his pants are down around the boots. There's about $300 in cash floating in the water. And I went, what the hell? And I, we're hollering for Wahoo. We go back to his room. Now here's a 285 pound man and he's underneath his bed. And he's going, oh, motherfucker, do something. Oh, and he had a girlfriend that was a nurse and I called her. <clears throat> her name was Sandy. <clears throat> She called, I told her, I said, the, the crazy bastard did something. She came over there and said, what did you do, Wahoo? He said, oh, I'm too goddamn fat and I want to lose weight. Now, listen to this. He took three phenomens, two LASIK shots, and something else, and liked to shit himself to death. Honest to God. You know, I, I can back this story up, uh, uh, Scotty, because I, well, I had Wahoo tell me that story himself, and, and, and it's exactly like you said. Me too. <laughs> he, I mean, honest to God, I mean, you can't imagine a 285 pound man 
and his girlfriend had to give him. I don't him, want to uh, bad. I got, but I, I can back that story up because I heard the exact story from the exact same way, told the same way, and same ending from 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 Wahoo himself. Oh, I, I you know, it was. He's lucky he didn't kill himself. He, you know, he just had enough tenacity in him and strength. He stayed with it, and she gave him some. Uh, That's just. It's like a Texan, though. He thinks he can take all these pills with weight instead of doing it the right way and working hard. You know, you guys always take shortcuts, all you Texans do. Yeah, well, you know, all those years playing football and then uh, whatever, I guess he just didn't want to work out like that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Hey, 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 Scotty, Scotty, you got a great story of when, when you were starting with the great legend Johnny Valentine. And uh, I think in North Carolina, in John Valentine in North Carolina, when you were first starting in the business, when you were, you were doing, doing a favor for John on TV in North Carolina. Tell me the name again. I, my, my John Valentine. John Valentine. Johnny Valentine. Oh, 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 yes. I'm in the curtains. We're at High Point, North Carolina. And uh, George Scott was a booker. He said, Scott, do you know anything about John? I said, no. I said, well, fight for your life. He pushed me through the curtains. I went, fuck, what? What are you talking about? I thought, what happened to the word work? I get out there in the ring. And if you'd ever, if, and I'm sure Jerry's had a taste of him too, God rest his soul. He beat me from the shoulders, the chest, the stomach, the legs. And I'm sitting there thinking, you motherfucker. I said, and I'm 200. I'm probably 1,500 miles away from Texas, but I ain't going to let no son of a bitch beat on me without giving him some potatoes. Angelo Martinelli was the referee. He backed John up towards the ropes. I was on, on the apron about out of half out of my mind. I get up and I thought, I'm going to quail the piss out of you. And I did. I hit him so fucking hard. His, his legs, they kind of buckled. Buckled. And he he goes down and he gets back up and I, I thought, oh, here he comes. I'm going to have to fight him. And all of a sudden he started working. He just went, you know, back then the old timers wanted to know if you had any guts to get in there and fight some big, some, some big son of a bitch and, and get to it or work with it. And that's what happened. He said, I love it. Do it again. Yeah. I thought, shit, I'm going to die. And I told Greg, his son about it. And Greg laughed and said, that sounded like that. But anyway, I mean, he, what he, for the all the people in the audience that never that knew who John Valentine was, if you never had the pleasure of watching this man work, he could, I watched him one night do a match. He stepped on the first step of the stairs going up into the ring and the people started yelling. He stepped back down, up, down. He did that for 10 minutes and the people were going out of their minds. And I said, you know, these guys that today, they think they know how to sell or work. They don't. I mean, they you do, but you don't. You know, it, it was a whole different time and a whole different era. And Jerry, you'll, you'll back me up on this because you you wrestle some of the tough guys, too. I mean, I wrestled Sweet, Hanson, Brute, Bernard, uh, uh, Demolition, I, I can't remember the real name, but anyway, the two guys buried somebody and, and somebody else. Anyway, and these guys taught you timing, how to sell, how to walk, talk, look. You know, and I, I thought, wow, 
is this what it's all about? But I mean, back then it was, you had to know what you were doing in there. That's why we did so much business in San Antonio, with, uh, Eddie and I. But I mean, the, the timing had to be impeccable. You had to know what you're doing. And you had to know when you made a comeback, you better know that you're going to get the piss wailed out of you if you didn't. Frank Morrell, an old timer. Remember Frank? Oh, Frank, yeah. Yeah. I, he called a high spot that was about eight parts going in it, and I screwed up the last one. He gets me up there in the ring and a sleeper. He said, if you do it again, he said, I'll kill you. He said, I'll beat the shit out of it. We had about a 20, 20 different high spots in, in this one match. And I thought, I am not going to let this big bastard kill me. So I got there. And I, I remember, you know, because sometimes you forget, you know, you get these brain farts and things happen. I wrestled Ivan Koloff one time in Florida. And he said, Scott, what's the finish? I said, what? <laughs> I told him, he said, I had a brain fart, you know. I mean, it just happened, you know. They don't know how to work today like they used to, and but they're making a hell of a lot more money than we ever made. But and God bless them, you know. We paved the way for them, and, and I'll get off my soapbox here. But I mean, it was you learned a lot. You learned. I mean, you you just had to. Well, the great thing about the, that, Scott, it was you got to travel territory to territory and take on guys and the top position that in each territory and each little territory had different styles, even though it was the same basic moves and same basic heat, heat and comeback, but how you presented it and everything. And everybody was different. That was what was so the learning tree at our, at our time. And if you traveled around these different, you got to learn stuff, you know, and, and that, that's now you're working with the same style every day, every night. So it takes a lot of that away from them. And then so, they didn't have the benefits that we have. Hold on, I got to take care of the liquor store. The woman wants a drink. So. <laughs> you hadn't been already? Uh, I hadn't yet. Let me get. Well, hey, Scott, hey, uh, we'll, we'll let you go. We, you've, you've given us a very generously a lot of your time, so we can't we can't thank you enough for doing that. We know you got to we got to run and uh, <laughs> do what you got to do. Tell you, I got a one quick story. I got to tell you. All right, let's hear it. Do you know who Bruce Swayze is? Oh yeah, beautiful Bruce. And, you know, and he was related to uh, Patrick Swayze. Bruce was a shit disturber, and I love him to death. And I talk to him every day. He's the only man Bruce I ever know. He's a great guy, John. He is. He's the only man I ever knew that could make a million dollars selling rubber bands. But they make like they get. I mean, they have they net over twenty million a year in rubber bands. So I could show you a picture if I could. I can't do it on here because you'd be in Xanadu the time <laughs> I got good, to. Anyway, okay. but anyway, we. Bruce and I are sitting in the back seat, and both of us, we're about 2.30, 2.40, something like that. Not that big, but it, and here's Brute Bernard, 2.90. Sweet Hanson, 3.40. Big, big, big men. And we had the baloney blowouts. Back then, if you don't know what that is, John, we all would stop at 7-Eleven, pitch in, and get baloney cheese, whatever and a case of beer and everybody would split it. That's the way it went. So we get 
we get back in the car and and Bruce, Bruce says, watch me fuck with Brute. Now Brute's about three cents short of a nickel sometimes. And he was just, Bruce goes, are we, are we home yet? No. A couple of minutes, are we home yet? No. He keeps doing this and all of a sudden we're going down the road. Now we're in, in Swedes, uh, uh, was I forget what they call the kind of car, but anyway, he throws the bologna and cheese and everything up in there and he goes, cocksucker, I kill you, I tell you 20 times. He's French Canadian. He says, I kill you. <laughs> He's strangling the shit out of Bruce. And Bruce is laughing his ass off. And I'm trying to pull him over. We stop in the middle of the freeway. Honest to God, this happened. We stop. Cars are whizzing by us. Swede gets out of the car, gets in the back, pulls Brute off of Bruce. <laughs> well, there you have it, Jerry. Oh, man, I couldn't have gone any better. <laughs> so we'll have to tune in to part two. <laughs> That's right, to see, to see if Swayze got killed. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's, still, he's, still, he's, still, he's still breathing, but Bruce, we'll see him out to Cauliflower Alley uh, celebration coming up in uh, whenever that is. And, uh, Probably at the uh, George Tregas Lufthansa uh, uh, celebration up in Waterloo, Iowa, at the Dan Gable Museum up there, which you've been honored there. And you're being honored at folks at JBL is getting what is Mike Mazurka award. And you guys that don't know Mike Mazurka, he was a pioneer in this business. He was one of the first wrestlers to become a major movie star. And, for some reason, they see those traits in John. So the CAC <laughs> is going to award uh, John. So I'm going to be out there. I'm going to harass the hell out of my friends. So everybody join us at, at, at the George Tregas Lufthansa Hall of Fame in Waterloo, Iowa. And most of all, at the Cauliflower Alley Convention in, in Las Vegas, Nevada, where John's going to accept the Mike Mazurki Award. Yeah, and quite an honor. I got to go into the, 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 the Trago Fez Hall of Fame, which you inducted me uh, several uh, years ago, which is quite an honor as well. And, uh, you know, of course, I got the, the wonderful honor of inducting you and your brother into the WWE Hall of Fame. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to being out in Vegas. Uh, maybe Bruce Swayze will be out there and can finish the story of whether Brute Bernard ever got hold of him or not. <laughs> and we, we promised our listeners that beautiful Bruce is out there. We'll, we'll do a special with Bruce and have him continue this story. Absolutely. <laughs> and that was uh, Scott Casey. As you can see, he was, uh, he, he drove from Arkansas into Louisiana to get better Wi-Fi. He actually had to go into a hospital and ask a person there how to get on the Zoom call. So we had to download a Zoom app, get on the Zoom call, and got on with us. So you see, we had some, a few technical difficulties, but not due to a lot of hard work on Scott Casey's part, who drew a, a ton of money, by the way, in Joe Blanchard's territory uh, with Eddie Mansfield. Uh, he he set the territory on fire from, you know, from everything I've read and heard. I remember back in those days that Scott was one of these great underrated talents, John. Every territory had these guys that were just fantastic and uh, and all they needed was somebody to get confidence in them and get behind them and really give them that that, that touch. And Joe Blazer, the, the, one of the most respected promoters in the business at that time, 
saw that, Scott, and, and gave him that, that touch and gave him that push that we all need to get over. And man, it worked. And, and like I said, they were setting records, you know, every night, you know. There was old Freeman Coliseum there in San Antonio and packed that place out every week. And if the Saddle Dome or the Superdome, whatever that dome is out in Texas, had been built at that time, they, they probably would have packed out because people, they, it was one of those deals where more people were turned away than was out in the ring. But this guy's a real deal, man. And he's just one of those unsung heroes that we like to bring forward on our show and give them, give them the platform to tell their story. And as you can see, uh, an incredible personality. And, and like you said, there were guys who were huge stars in certain territories that a lot of people today may or may not have heard of. But in the, in the day, they were as hot as they could be, just like he and Eddie Mansfield were just as hot as they could be in, in Joe Blanchard's territory, which, by the way, Joe Blanchard had USA Network first before Vince. Uh, then they lost the TV, and Vince ended up picking up. When Vince started taking over the wrestling world, one thing he did was he got he got assets. You know, he got uh, USA Network. He got the Georgia Championship Wrestling, TBS, uh, which made the Briscoes rich. And I don't know about famous. They already were famous. <laughs> you know, but he's also buying up talent, too. Piper and Hogan, those guys. But one of those, the gems that he bought was uh, USA Network. And that was all Joe Blanchard, who was actually their first uh, a USA Network before Vince. Yeah, and it was quite a, quite, a, quite a run back in there. And, and that territory just, just was smoking hot. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of guys really wanted to go there, but it was so small that only a select few could get in there. And that Wahoo McDaniels was a booker there, and Wahoo booked every major territory in the country. So, and Tully and, and Joe, Joe, we talk about Tully so much. His dad, John, was just what he was. He was he was all conference football player at Kansas University, plus all American wrestler at Kansas. So he was a two sports star. And as you know, John, you know, keep up with any plus he graduated. So keeping up with your academics and being a two sports star, you gotta be sharp. And now Joe Blazers was one of the most respected and, and honorable men that you ever come across in your life. It was you know, you meet these guys, you hear all this stuff, you get goosebumps sometimes. I actually was one of Joe Blanchard, one of his guys, because of his background, being an amateur All American and a great football player. When I met him, it was, you know, it was meeting a star. And Mike, I got goosebumps from meeting him. But what, what a wonderful man. Yeah, a few guys you meet, you know, that you just think that that guy's a star, that, that guy's a stud, you know, and, and it's cool when you get to meet people like that. You, when you haven't ever met them before, or you get to meet them, uh, you know, you may have seen them, but you finally get to sit down and have, have a conversation with them. That's awesome. Well, we, we you know, we, we got to thank Scott again, you know, and, uh, for taking his time. I mean, this, this guy went out of his way to share his stories with us. So we really appreciate Scott's effort and his girlfriend's effort, too, of, of getting him online. And, and the pharmacist in the hospital. That, <laughs> That's right. That she was busy saving lives, but she recognized Scott Casey being uh, from, from that area. And dropped everything she was doing. So probably three or four people dropped dead because of those pockets. <laughs> <laughs> well, he went into an emergency room. It was an emergency. Yeah. He had to be on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here we are, folks. Thank you. And we'll see you next week with Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. <laughs>